Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 97. Seems like all we're doing are live shows now, Aaron. What's going on? Um, it's easier and quicker. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly helps get uh, some news out faster and we'll get to some of that news today. In fact, the first thing we're going to talk about, uh, the rosters have been set. Well, so, kind of. Kind of. But not completely. They're not completely set, but they've... For opening night, they're set. Is it? Sound good? I thought they were still up to a certain amount of players. I don't know. All right, let's go. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so, okay. Uh, of note, and, and this is one of the things that we thought was going to happen. We thought maybe Ryan Merkley might have an opportunity to uh, to get onto the NHL squad. Seems like uh, Coach Bob Bugner wasn't super impressed with this camp. Uh, Merkley will be starting off in the AHL, which is honestly probably the best thing for him. He's going to get an opportunity to play, uh, you know, with, again, professionals. Nothing wrong with that. Um, he's still very young, as you've said many, many times. It'll give him the opportunity to be the number one guy on the power play, kind of run the whole show there. So I think it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good move. And it doesn't put him into a situation where he has to perform at a super high level against NHLers where he may not really be ready. Obviously not because uh, that's where they decided to put him. What are your thoughts on that one there? Yeah, I mean, putting him down at the AHL, I think they're going to start practicing tune too. They're not starting the season until uh, first week of February, I believe. But at least they're going to get some time to – to practice even more. So he's going to get some more playing time. That's not NHL games where you're kind of under the gun a little more. Um, I think, um, I think it's going to be much better for his development. He's going to need at least, I mean, maybe not a full AHL season. I'm sure we'll see him at some point this season and it's going to be big news when he gets called up, but um, he needs to hone in on those skills and being the man down at the AHL where he's going to play probably 22 plus minutes is going to do much better for his development than riding the bench and probably playing, what, five, eight minutes a game, probably getting like three minutes of power play time, and then the rest of the time is just nothing. So it's going to be better for him to to go down and, and play in both power play and penalty kill and do everything he can and maybe be one of the leaders of the team. Maybe he'll get a letter down in uh, the Barracuda. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I know it's one of those things I was saying uh, kind of all along. Whoever it is playing on uh, the, the third pair right is probably not going to be getting too many minutes, of course, behind the juggernauts that are Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. So when you take a look now at the roster, and I can go ahead and focus down this way real quick because that's where we have the the guest from Kevin Kurz, what the roster is going to look like. And we'll start off with D because that's what we're just talking about now. But uh, first pairing, Marco Vlasic, Eric Carlson, no surprises there. Kind of everybody figured that was going to be the case. Mario Ferraro working his way up into the top four. Honestly, I think he would have done it even if Shimmick was healthy. But with Shimmick's knee bothering him, it was just a shoe in Mario Ferraro. I think this is it's a great opportunity for him. And honestly, I think it's one of those opportunities he's probably ready for. You know, we just talked about maybe not throwing Ryan Merkley into that top six right-handed shot uh, position on defense. I think this is something Mario Ferraro is going to eat up and he's going to love and he's not going to look out of place. Uh, it's going to be tough maybe playing with the wild man, Brent Burns. But beyond that, I think this is great for Mario Ferraro, great for the Sharks, great for his development. I don't think it's going to hold him back. Uh, the last pairing, I'm going to say this name wrong, but it's Nikolai Nitsov. Nitsov. <laughs> for now, okay. We'll have Dan Rizanski on. He will correct us on that one, I'm sure. And then the right-handed defenseman in the third uh, pairing spot is Jake Middleton. Jake Middleton, of course, missing a lot of time last season with injury. And this is a guy that only, you know, maybe plays seven, five, whatever minutes a night. And I don't think that's such a bad thing necessarily. I have nothing wrong, no problems with Jake Middleton, but 
uh, when you've coming off of injury and you played the majority of your time in the AHL, I think the last thing you want to do is maybe what Mario Ferraro has had the opportunity to do, which is step into a higher, a higher role on the team, getting more minutes. I think Jake Middleton will be doing just fine, getting the limited number of minutes behind Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. So that's the defense right now. If you want to say anything else about the D before we jump back to the forward court. Yeah, I think that bottom pairing is going to get very little minutes. So your top four players are going to be getting really heavy minutes. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays out in this year since it's kind of a short season um, and the games are a little more condensed and, and put together. But, I mean, as we we were kind of looking at the schedule ahead of the time, last week I think it was, we were looking through it offline, and, and there's a lot of games starting at the end of February. Every week is a Friday-Saturday uh, back-to-back against the same team. So those teams, those games are going to wear down on you. Um, that's not until the end of February. So maybe they'll be in much better shape and ready to go by then. Not that they're not in shape now, but game shape is a lot different than practicing, especially after not playing for, what was it, 10 months was today? Or 10 months ago, I think was today, was the uh, the anniversary, pretty close to it. Um, yeah. uh, it's crazy, but... But um, at least everyone's in the same boat, you know. I well, maybe not everyone because their teams played in the playoffs. But so take I take that back. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I those top four guys are gonna get a lot of minutes, and hopefully Shimmick gets gets his um, his knee back to where it needs to be, so he can be consistent and play. Um, I'm sure he'll be fine. I, I hope. I hope he'll. I don't think he's gonna like miss the season or anything. But yeah, it's gonna be tough and and. Um, it's exciting to see what Ferraro is going to do at this point. As I think it's a big step for him in his career to jump up to the to the top four in his, just his second season uh, being in the NHL. It's a big deal, um, especially for a guy that wasn't a very highly drafted player to begin with. So um, good for the development, good for the Sharks. Um, I think um, I think we'll see some good things from him. I think we'll probably see some hiccups, so he's not going to be a you know the best player that we're going to see, but. Um, I kind of like. I was kind of hoping. I'm gonna butcher his name. Pashinuk. What's his name? You got it. Pashinuk. Yeah. Oh, I did right. Nice. Before uh, before you go on, hold on a second. I've been saying that last name correctly for the better part of a year, or whatever it was, and I keep hearing other people saying Pasichnuk, Patchnuk, Patch, whatever. I've been saying it correct. I'm gonna pat myself on the back right there. Uh, so anyway, go go right ahead. We want to talk about Pashinuk now. <laughs> well, I was hoping that he would kind of make it. Um, so. Um, I was thinking he would squeeze in for the opening lineup, but I guess I, maybe he wasn't playing as well as as he needed to be to make the lineup. Obviously, um, now again they haven't announced the actual starting lineup yet, but they did send down today. They sent down Kornosh, so Melnichuk is still up there. Uh, Merkley, Magna, Bergman, True, which I think True has been hurt most of the time. I think he's been back, but he isn't. He, I don't think he got a fair shake. I'm sure he'll be back very soon once he's back to normal. Uh, Blickfield and Habgavox. 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 Man. Oh, tongue twisters. Way, way to start the night off. Um, anyway, so so uh, training camp roster is now 34 players. So we're still going to see some more cuts. I thought tonight was going to be the night, but apparently not. Tomorrow you're going to get the uh, the rest of it. Uh, interesting on 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 defense still. Actually, two things. One, a uh, guy whose last name I can't pronounce. Number one, uh, Nizov. Nizov. Don't know. Um, he uh, supposedly impressed big time during camp, uh, especially in this like well, I guess the last week because that's how how long camp really was. 
but he was there. Uh, I guess he put on a solid 20 pounds of muscle. We're not talking just 20 pounds of Cheetos. We're talking oh, this wow. guy went to the to work. He went to the gym. He was getting himself ready to rock, and apparently he's got really good feet and everything too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, um, and especially as one of those bottom-carrying guys. You know, if he can solidify that bottom pair and, and help make it a force to be reckoned with, not the guys that are out there just trying to give the top guys some minutes of rest. You know, if he can actually go out there and, and do something, uh, be the defensively or offensively, either way. Although I think in, in one of the scrimmages, he did pot a goal. So, um, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because I haven't really seen anything from this guy just yet. It would have been great to be able to go to the practices and see it for myself. But unfortunately, obviously, that's just not the case. Uh, another interesting note on defense, a guy whose last name I'm probably going to butcher number two is uh, Clayson. Frederick Clayson, I think. Um, left-handed defenseman, played 155 games in the NHL. He was a free agent. The Sharks signed him, I think, it was today or yesterday. I can't remember now, but um, they, they picked him up, and he's a guy that's got some NHL experience with three different teams. I think he played five games, whatever it is, last season. So um, not you know the guy that you're going to rely on here, but at least he's got the experience. If you needed to plug him in, you certainly could. Um, I, though I would like to see Pashnuk uh, get an opportunity. If he's not ready, don't throw him in. We've seen what can happen when, you just, when players don't compete for the spot, when they just have to make the spot because you've got an injury or whatever the case may be. So uh, really interesting pickup. Uh, again, we'll be happy to see what this guy can bring as well. I'm sure he's just kind of a you know normal, steady defenseman, um, probably good on you know decent both ends of the, of the zone. Although, again, nobody really wanted to pick him up. So I think they put him on the waiver wire so he'd be on the taxi squad. And I guess if – I'm not sure if he would be able to be picked up. I'm not even sure if he's waiver exempt or not. Um, but if he was able to get claimed by another team, you don't have to worry about that because he was just a free agent, like as of you know hours ago. So uh, no one, nobody wanted the guy. So you're not, no one's going to claim the guy uh, for yeah, better or worse for the Sharks. <laughs> going back to a year ago, um, I can't remember. I think it was Kurz that was telling us that GMs don't typically, especially in the beginning of the season, they don't pick up anybody off of waivers mainly because they've been working with their own guys. They know them. They know exactly where they are. They. They're all hopeful for what they're going to do, so they don't really like want to rock the boat. Plus, it also depends on the number of contracts that they already have. Now, the Sharks are at – let's take a look. Um, they're at close to 60. They're at – or 50, I'm sorry. They're at 47. So they have three contracts that they can use, and a lot of GMs don't like to get to that 49 or 50 because then that really handcuffs you in, in making any kind of moves or trades. So I have a feeling – I don't, I don't think the Sharks – they're not going to claim anybody in waivers. People are always talking about, oh, the Sharks can have this player. They're going to drop this player. They can have this player. And it's just not going to happen, you know. So um, I think we're going to be seeing pretty close to the roster. I mean, it was kind of a surprise signing today. But, again, that might be a move. And who knows, maybe they put um, – they put uh, – um, oh, my gosh, blank on his name. Shimmick on IR because I don't think they can put him on IR yet. Um, to start the season, so then they can that'll clear up a a, a con or a, a roster spot, uh, and true and clean up some space too, some cap space. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little flack in the uh, comments here. Nicholas Egan saying it's Nizov. Uh, Marty McFly saying, "What do you think of the Burns injury?" Is I don't know of a Burns injury. We were talking about Shimmick. Um, but yes, Nizov. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Well done. Because that's that's how. Uh, Kurz pronounces it, which doesn't mean it's right, by the way, because <laughs> we had some. What's his, what was his name? Uh, Sheng Peng was saying Pasnachuk. Like, no, nah, yeah. Pasnachuk. Come on, buddy. So, hey, I'll say Nizov, but uh, 
you don't know if it's right or wrong, so don't don't crucify me. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, go ahead and move on. I think from from the defense, I think we're okay there. Other than uh, that, Clayson signing is directly related to them thinking that Shimmick is probably not going to be uh, in the lineup anytime soon. So everyone thinks. I think um, it's pure, pure depth. Yeah, sure. Depth move. Mm, you would have if you were just concerned about depth. Period. You would have got him uh, before training camp. This is, I think, because Shimmick has the issue. They went and grabbed somebody. Yeah. But regardless, uh, let's take a look at the forward core. Uh, no big surprise here. Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Kevin LeBanc. Again, this is what Kevin Kurz of the Athletic believes will be the opening night roster. So uh, take it with a grain of salt. But Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Kevin LeBanc. I think everyone's kind of thinking that's probably going to be the top line. Uh, the second line here, Evander Kane, Tomas Hurdle, and John Leonard. John Leonard, the guy, of course, we talked about last episode, that he's worked his way up and impressed a lot of these Sharks brass. Um, he's just putting pucks in the net, apparently. He's got some really good chemistry with uh, Tomas Hurdle and Evander Kane. So that line's coming together really nicely. Kind of one of those surprises of the camp, I think. I think that would probably be the surprise of the camp. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, <laughs> you're talking about – sorry. Melnichuk? What? What? No, no, no. Jesus, man. Okay, so I was just saying the second line, Aaron zoning out. The second uh, line of Evander Kane, Tomas Schroeder, and John Leonard. John Leonard, of course, working his way up. I was saying yeah. he is kind of the surprise of the camp for me. I'm wondering what you think in terms of is, is this the guy that maybe nobody really thought was going to get an opportunity to play, let alone in the second line? Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was kind of a surprise. I thought Ryan Donato was going to be a lock for that second line, but – I think what was it? Uh, I think about a week ago. I think they switched them, um, putting Leonard up and Donato down. Um, I thought it was going to be more of a move to kind of get a fire under Donato's butt, so he could uh, jump back up into the second line. But you know, you find chemistry, you want to keep it. So those guys are playing well together. They're going to keep it. Now John Leonard kind of reminds me of a um, Joe Pavelski light. He's he's a guy that. Um, for some reason, whatever it is, keeps scoring goals. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that would be scoring goals consistently, but he seems to be the right guy at the right place at the right time. Um, and that's not really exactly easy to teach somebody. So um, now I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Pavelski. I don't think anyone can be really, but um, he's going to be, um, he's going to be, I think a, a big surprise to a lot of people, assuming he can stay consistently on that second line. But he is, he's been touted as a pure goal scorer. So um, assuming he's got the rest of his game together, he should be able to stick in the NHL and play at that second-line level, which would be fantastic for the Sharks. This is exactly what they kind of need right now. Someone who could, for this shortened season, could get 15 goals, that's going to be a big deal. I mean, that's almost like, what, 20 to 25 in a normal season? So at that rate, at that pace. So yeah. if you can get a guy about that on a normal season, like a 20-25 goal scorer out of nowhere, that's that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, he's kind of a surprise for me and, and, um, I'm excited to watch him play a little bit more. Um, especially this Wednesday coming up, man. I can't believe shark games are coming up. <laughs> it seems like it's been so long and, and I, I can't even remember. I can't remember what it was like to go, Oh God, there's a game coming up. We need to get, we need to, I need to get uh cable so I can watch it. Yeah. Uh, I want to call out something in the chat real quick before we move on. Patrick Cabral. <laughs> Aaron is lost. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I'm doing right now? I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. Okay, you tell me what you're doing. We'll get back to it. Go ahead. I'm drafting right now for fantasy hockey. <laughs> and uh, so I made this queue, and I'm looking at the queue, 
And I look back and it's all gone. I go, oh no. Like I had all these players ready to go to get drafted and then it went whoop, gone. Uh, it's for the Fin Factor League. It's the second Fin Factor Hockey League, which we just had somebody drop right before the draft started, which really makes me angry. So um, anyway, so I got distracted and the draft is over. So I'm going to close it out now. And my full undivided attention is back, to you, back, Paul. It's back to, to reality hockey. Uh, Matt Nieto, Noah Gregor, and Ryan Donato slated to be the third line there. I, I was, I think Noah Gregor, uh, a surprise for me, not the surprise. I kind of figured he would be more of that fourth liner uh, vying for a spot. But it looks like he's kind of beat most of everybody else out. He put on a lot of speed, put on some weight, um, and looks like he's uh, going to be the guy for the third line there. So Matt Nieto, Noah Gregor, Ryan Donato. I like the Ryan Donato pickup, and I agree with you. Um, he's really right now kind of like the third line guy that was going to be playing second line. And if John Leonard can just come in out of nowhere, like you just said, and be the guy on the second line and can produce that really thing, I think bodes well for Ryan Donato and his play. It, maybe he kind of belongs on that third line, especially on a brand new team with nobody that, you know, uh, and maybe it makes more sense to kind of start off with some smaller minutes against lesser competition in terms of the line matchings and everything else. So I think this is going to be good for him. Maybe next season he can even jump up who knows. But um, this line here touted as a line that's got a lot of speed. And I think uh, Bob Bugner had even said that at, at one of the scrimmages, it looked like their top line. Like they were really hustling out there. So uh, I'm excited to see these guys too. Now, I know you had Matt Nieto thinking he was going to be a, as a fourth liner and Patrick Marlowe up on the third line there. Either way, you're going to have probably about the same amount of speed. They're both really fast. And then, of course, the center and the right wing don't change. So uh, what do you think about this third line? I think they're great. I, I, can, I can't wait to see the speed and, and the uh, – the chemistry that maybe they have together. Yeah, I think the speed's going to be a big deal. I think they're going to catch a lot of teams off guard because a lot of teams, I mean, nobody's seen Noah Gregor really that much, so they don't know much about him. They do know about Matt Nieto, but Donato, those guys, Donato's got some more skill, I think, so I think that's a good balanced line of speed and skill. Nieto, we've seen when he came into the league with the Sharks, he he was a decently skilled guy. He seemed like that guy, he almost seemed like Sorensen to me, where always had these chances and just couldn't finish. That, that's what I felt like. He, he could have been like a 15 or 20 goal scorer, and he missed probably about eight goals. Like just – it was tough. So um, I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad to see him even on the third line and not so much the fourth line. But it uh, sounds like he's going to be the num- one of the number one penalty killers too. Um, so maybe we'll see some shorthanded goals coming back the other way. I have a feeling the Sharks are going to be pretty aggressive. Um, I mean, might as well be, right? What do you got to lose? Everyone thinks you're going to be down and out this year, so <laughs> go for it. I think uh, I think that, that third line is going to be uh, almost a difference maker in in the sense that they're going to be outspeeding and outplaying a lot of other teams' third lines. Not every team, but a lot of them. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that's the case. So um, I guess that fourth line is the last one we have to go here. Patrick Marlowe, Joel Shellman, and uh, Marcus Sorensen. I'm not super high on Marcus Sorensen anymore. I think, uh, you know – He's there because there's nobody that's that's better right now. Um, I'd like to see him bounce back. Unfortunately, I think his best years were playing with Jumbo when he first uh, broke into the league. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, again, like he, like I said, hopefully he bounces back and he does something fantastic, but I'm not going to cross my fingers. It's nice having Matt Nieto back in the lineup uh, now that Milka Carlson's not going to be returning if Matt Nieto's going to be one of our penalty killers. The fun thing here is um, – Matt Nieto was basically a, a penalty killer, I believe, on in Colorado, and that was kind of what he was doing, and that's about it. I could be wrong there, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, you don't just lose your skill. So he's going to come back to the Sharks. He'll have the same you know, uh, scoring touch that he had before if he could finally find the back of the net. 
But um, I think, yeah, you're right. He's going to provide some offense. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But that fourth line there, um, there's some experience uh, mixed in with some guys that maybe don't have so much. So um, I think they can pester. Those guys uh, are going to be able to pester guys. I know Marcus Sorensen, like I said, not very high on him, but he does have a good work ethic. He skates hard, and he does throw his little body around. So um, I think he's going to do a pretty good job uh, on that fourth line alongside Joel Shellman, another hard worker, and Patrick Marlowe, the veteran. Okay. Um, so I think we're done with the whole lineup thing. And, of course, the goaltenders, Martin Jones, Devin Dubnik. The only knock I have on Dubnik right now is in the scrimmage. Um, he got lit up for seven goals, and it wasn't the good team that he was playing against. So um, that does not bode so well. I don't want to be wrong about Devin Dubnik, and it's just a scrimmage after all. But, oh, man, that, that one's going to sting. I really don't want to be wrong on that one. Yeah, I, I... – I still think uh, I'm still not too worried about it. I mean, they're going to be one A and one B. They're going to be going back and forth to see whoever. I mean, it's good for Jones. Jones typically plays better when he has a comp- a good competition behind him that's pushing him. So, um, and so far, I think in most of the scrimmages, from what we've read, and we haven't been able to watch it. Uh, Jones has been performing pretty well. Um, now, I remember he did go see what was it a different not goalie coach over the summer, but it was a, a fitness person, I believe working with his footwork and, and getting him to um, to do things differently than he normally had. So apparently he picked up on a lot of that stuff and and was ready to play better. Um, anyway, I want to call out uh, SharksFan27. Thank you for the $4.99. Let's move on to Kane because he's, he's bringing it up. So let's do it. Hassel Plattner is going to get Kane out of debt. Um, maybe. I mean, all right, let's, let's talk about the whole situation here. So... First, was it yesterday, before they before he filed for bankruptcy, it came out that he was being sued. Kane and the Sharks were being sued um, by one of the debtors. I can't even remember which one it was exactly. So uh, the next day, the news came out here that Sharks Vander Kane files for bankruptcy with $26.8 million of debt. Uh, that's a lot of debt. So for a guy who I think over his career has made over 50 so far, 50-something million, um, people are always, you know, whatever people like to like to dump on athletes when they see that they, cause I mean, you know how much they make, right? Everyone knows how much every player makes because they sign these contracts and you get to see it. You don't know how they spend their life. They don't know how to spend their money. You don't know how many people that they're helping out, like a lot of family and friends. And that's what you see a lot of these people like get in trouble. A lot of athletes get in trouble. Um, usually has to do with family or friends and, and trying to do too much. And, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, he goes to Vegas, and there's that famous picture of him holding up the brick of money. That's gonna, you knew that was gonna come back to haunt him in in the long run, you know. And that was years ago. He was on Winnipeg, I think, at that point. So that's probably over six, seven years ago. Now he does have a six-month-old baby, new baby. Um, to me, I feel like he's he's growing up and he's changing the tune of his life, and he's realizing like, wow, I can't handle this, and so. He's going to have to file for bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is not the end of the world. I mean, not to use a certain person's name, but there's a leader of our free country for the next two weeks that filed for bankruptcy several times <laughs> and has done just fine, right? So um, I, I, it's not the end of the world, <laughs> the more you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, and Anthony's saying don't talk about Kane. Uh, it's a private issue. I understand, but it does, and someone else just said it's hockey news because he might opt out. That's true as well. So there's a chance. So the only reason that I wanted to talk about it yesterday before the today's news was that the San Jose Sharks are also being sued. 
Um, why they're being sued is because they were supposed to basically garnish his wages towards paying his debt. So instead of paying directly to Evander Kane's salary, they're supposed to be paying off the debtor, or one of them at least, not all of them. Um, and they stopped doing that about a year ago. I don't know why. I'm not involved. We're not involved in that. That's, that is a private issue. But that does involve the Sharks with almost uh, not quite being a co-signer, but it's almost like they had a lien on his wages, so uh, they're supposed to be paying it. Now, um, going, I don't even know where I want to go with this, but there's a chance that he can opt out of the season. Um, that's part of it. Uh, reading the quote is the debtor may terminate his contract and he may opt out of the season as allowed under the current rules because of the health concerns of the recent birth of his first child. If he ter terminates his contract or opts out of the point of the season, the debtor will not receive his salary. So he has a couple of things to do. It's, it's not going to be an easy decision, but man, what timing, right? Season starts in two days, but it is what it is. So we'll see. Now, if, if Andrew Kane does not play for the Sharks and they do terminate his contract, that really changes the look of the Sharks because that's $7 million gone off of the cap, bringing it back to a hockey standpoint. I mean, that's today's their cap hit right now is standing at 79 million of was it 81 is the, is the cap. Mm -hmm. um, so they have 2.4 million of cap space. Now you add 7 million to that. Wow. That's a big jump. Not that they're going to use it right away. Who knows what's going to happen? So there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to come out. And I have a feeling they'll be answered maybe in the next two days. I mean, if, can't, if he if he opts out to play the season, that I, I would imagine he would have to do that before they start on Wednesday, which means tomorrow. Maybe Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Nicholas, I know, it was a Denver, I think, question for all. Do you think Kane challenged Logan Paul to a fight to pay off his debts? Looking back on it now, that makes a little bit more sense. And that's that's a serious question. And I think, honestly, like, Evander knows how to box. And um, if that was something that he thought he could make some money off of, which, again, the Paul brothers are huge for a certain demographic, and they make way too much money for what they do. Um, so I could definitely see that he was maybe looking at uh, doing that for a, a payoff, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I don't even want to delve too much into, like, Kane's personal life necessarily here, but – I guess for, for me, the main part of, of all this is, yes, does it affect the Sharks from a roster standpoint? Is he going to opt out? Is For any reason, does this mean that he cannot play? Um, even if he does play, how much of this is going to be weighing on his mind and his play might not be as good as it could have been, right? So uh, there are some on-ice consequences to things that happen off the ice, and I don't necessarily need to delve into the reasons why uh, you know he's he's in debt or whatever the case may be, or he's bankrupt, whatever those those reasons may be. But I, I still want to kind of look forward and say, okay, how, how does this affect the team? How does this affect the season? Um, not to point blame, but just because that's what we do. We talk about the sharks. So um, yeah, I, I hear what Anthony's saying, and, and I get that. I want to respect boundaries. At the same time, it's if, if he doesn't play this season. The Sharks look vastly different uh, on paper than they do uh, right now. I mean, you, you're talking about who who becomes the second line left wing. I mean, does Ryan Donato move over to left wing on second line, and then you move kind of everybody up? Uh, that I don't think that's such a great situation for the team. So, um, some for me, I look at the roster right now and I go, yeah, hey, it, it could be pretty good. We could be not so bad if John Leonard, you know. Uh, impresses and the guys that are on the third line do their job. I think we'll be okay if if you lose Evander Kane. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know about the season if you lose Evander Kane. I mean, that, that's the kind of problem with the rosters. The roster's decent. I think they can make that fourth uh, playoff spot. But you lose one player to well, injury, suspension, or they opt out, whatever it is, that's devastating to the team because they're not going to be able to fill those top four players of Meyer, Kane, Hurdle, and Couture. You lose one of those guys, uh-uh, you're going to be done. And Kane, Kane is included in that. Like it, the Sharks just will not be in a good spot. Um, the good thing is we have our first round pick next year. It's not traded away. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to come to that, but if it ha- if it does, there's at least a little silver lining in there. So I, I kind of like what, not necessarily what he's saying, but I kind of like the direction he's going. Anthony Sanchez just said if Kane opts out, then Doug Wilson should put in a waiver claim for Tyler Johnson. Um, I, not necessarily for Tyler Johnson, but as you just mentioned, there'd be some some money off the books. There are some teams that are hurting, and getting seven million dollars or six million dollars off of their cap hit uh, could bode well for them. So there may be a trade uh, on the horizon if Evander Kane were to opt out, and we have that money to spend again. So uh, this could open us up for uh, something nice to happen um, for this the course of this season, at least. So uh, who knows? Who knows what, what might happen? This is all speculation, of course. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll keep our eye on the situation. And um, not not so much the situation of his finances, but the situation of is he going to play? That's what I care about. That's more what I care about more than anything else. So, um, okay, I think we're, we're wrapping up the, the whole Kane situation. Unless there was anything else you wanted to say or there's something else in the chat that you saw that uh, you wanted to bring up. No, but let's let's like – if they're going to make a trade, where are the people that last week I think we were talking about uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, right of of uh, Columbus that signed it, but he wants out. Um, and I was reading about that. There's a good article on the Athletic about how um, Columbus kind of has that thing. I guess it's their GM. He, he play, plays such a hard stance on contracts with players that every player that's a superstar that comes out of there and gets to their payday ends up leaving. They never stay. I mean, look at Bobrovsky, right? He left last year. Um, what? Rick Nash. Rick Nash. I have it. That was before this GM was there. Um, uh, Panarin was the other big one uh, that left a couple years ago and went to the Rangers. Like they just they don't retain any of their top line talent because they, he's such a hard hard nose. I don't know uh, negotiator, I guess. So that could be a trade. Who knows? Uh, the other one was Jack Eichel. People keep talking about Jack Eichel being traded out of there, but when you have a high player like Jack Eichel who's making tons of money, there's only so many places that they can go, right? Imagine the Sharks landing Jack Eichel if Kane knocks out. Now, I'm not saying that's happening. Don't get too excited, people. Uh, but I'm just just opening up the possibilities if there is no Kane and his, term, his contract is terminated, and that is some cap major cap relief to the Sharks. Then we don't have to trade uh, Brent Burns, and uh, nobody gets a shoe thrown at him, right? Hey. <laughs> Anthony Sanchez saying, thank you so much, I'm sure, somewhere in the chat. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's uh, go ahead and move on from Evander Kane. Uh, the K-Fox termination, the games are going to be broadcast online no longer through uh, 98.5 K-Fox, the Sharks affiliate uh, station. So. Um, a lot of fans were torn on this. They didn't. A lot of fans didn't like the move. Uh, they wish that they'd be able to turn the game back on um, when they're in their car or when they're going back home to be able to listen to Dan Rusnask on the radio. 
I think a lot of those fans, if if they don't have Bluetooth in their cars, then yes, they, it's it's going to be more difficult for sure. But I think a lot of the fans with you know a car that has Bluetooth uh, enabled, you just have the K Fox app and you just or not the K Fox app anymore. Sorry, the Sharks app, uh, and just basically pair that up and you're good to go. So I think a lot of fans also said this is just a sign of the times. This is you know um, terrestrial radio is kind of on the decline, and this is just one of the uh, other casualties of it. So uh, are you going to miss? K Fox necessarily? Not really, because the only time I really listened to him was in my car. And by the time I get close to my house, because I'm in South San Jose, it gets cut out anyway, or it starts cutting out. So I have Bluetooth in two of my cars, not not the Jeep because the Jeep's so old. Two? My Jeep doesn't have Bluetooth. Two of my cars. Well, oh, three cars. Right, I know. I know. It's it's just disgusting. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not going to miss it, no. I, I, there was a good comment on, uh, what was it? I think the Mercury News is reporting people who are complaining about it. But then they also posted one person who said, good, I'm glad because uh, it's so spotty where I live that I can never hear it in my car anyway. It just comes in and barely comes in. So now that it's on the app and it's always on there, it's going to be easier to listen to whenever they want. So there's, there's, gonna be, there's always going to be people that are going to hate it because it's changed. And it's 20-plus years of being on KFOX and you knew exactly where to find the game and, and you know, you know when, so you'd always be able to find it if you had that, that service, I guess, if you had, if you had available um, reception. Um, so I, no, I'm not going to miss it. I think it's almost easier because now I know if I'm at home and it's the national broadcast and it's a terrible announcer, I could just flip it on my phone and put the audio on. Right. There you go. Easy, much easier. <laughs> People are never uh, happy. You can never make everybody happy. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a feeling this was coming because last year, remember they did this for a handful of games just to test it out. Um, that was definitely a touching, putting their toe in the water to see what it was going to be like. And now's the time to do it, I feel like. Well, so uh, Lundy would like to know how many cars you have. Three. I have three. Yeah. One, the Jeep is the original car that I bought out of college. Like that was my very first purchase. I always wanted to have a Wrangler, and I meant to keep it for the rest of my life. My kids love it. My kids are four and two, and we actually just drove in it the other day with all of us. Um, they want to drive it. They're going to drive it at some point. It's crazy. I mean, the car's 16 years old now. <laughs> it doesn't look that old because Jeeps just look the same. They just they don't really age. So, Well, as long as we're talking about you, uh, Nicholas Egan says, Aaron said, Eichel is coming to San Jose. Noted. <laughs> Great. So when it does happen, we can link back to the show and say when they said it with a timestamp. If it happens, I'm I'm linking that in every platform every day for a week. <laughs> Are you kidding I, me? I'm not the first person to say that. That's why I said it. <laughs> my idea. That's true. All right. Cool. Well, um, was there anything else you want to talk about with uh, K Fox or whatever? I mean, that's kind of all we had listed there. So maybe we'll just go to I some comments otherwise. Yeah, I don't mind it. What do you guys think? How about this? Let's do roll call and uh, tell us where you're from and if you like the K-Fox thing or not. Or not the K-Fox thing. The sh- what's it called? The Sharks... <sighs> Casting through the Sharks app. What do they call it? Sharks app? Yeah. Okay. I thought they had a special name for it. There you go. Sharks Audio Network. It's a new Sharks. So what's cool about this thing is it's not just the games. They're not just broadcasting the games. It's 24-7 going to have a broadcast going. I forgot to mention that part. That's fantastic. 
for all the people that always complain about, you know, was it 95-7 the game and, and KMBR, they never talk Sharks hockey because they're always talking about the other sports. Now you have a place to go to hear talking heads other than us once a week. You can hear other people talk nonstop. They're also going to play some, uh, some I think, old games, like uh, classic games and stuff. So it's a, it's a new place for Sharks fans to go whenever they want. It's nice. I don't really – do you, like, enjoy – do you enjoy listening to – I call it talking heads radio? I, I don't listen to – I'm going to be honest with you. And I know, like, people probably think I'm lying, like I'm scouting competition. or anything. I, I don't listen to anybody else. I read Kevin Kurz, and I now read Shang Peng, and that's really about it. Yeah, I don't really listen to talking – I mean, I'm not in the car that much anymore either. I'm working from home. So I'm not driving anywhere. When I do drive, I usually put music on, and that's not very far, so it's not on for long enough to... I mean, I used to listen to NHL radio when I had XM in the car, which was nice. It wasn't really Sharks hockey. It was just hockey. But there's some good shows on there that I enjoy. Um, but other than that, like, I don't I don't listen to KMBR. I don't listen to, to the game because they don't talk Sharks hockey. I don't really care about the other sports as much, so... Yeah. Uh, Scott Kemp says he's joining us from Toronto, a.k.a. Jumboland. Oh. <laughs> Too soon, Scott. Enough of that. <laughs> San Diego. All right. Uh, yeah, we've got a pretty good spread here. Minnesota. Lundy. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Tracy. Santa Cruz. Formerly Monterey. Wow. Even North Carolina in there, huh? Jeez. So do you have the Sharks app on your phone right now? do actually uh i i have it on there just because just literally that. just because i have not used it for anything i don't think um so you're one of those people that has a million apps on your phone that you just never use uh not a million i would say a million there i do have a app that i just don't use but uh the sharks app was one of them it probably won't be something that i don't use going forward i'm sure i will use it um if I'm driving around and I want to listen to the game, I'll just, again, hook up to Bluetooth and go off the phone instead. So, Yeah, I need to download it. I haven't, I never used it before, so now I'll probably use it, actually. I'll need to download it. Yeah. All right. Any uh, any comments here you want to hone in on? Oh, these are all the, uh, all the roll call coming in here. Um, Scott Kemp, sorry, I hate the Leafs, and I'm still crying myself to sleep about losing Jumbo. I know. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Jumbo. I I I think I've talked about this before. I hope Toronto does not win a cup, and I hate to say that because I want Joe to win a cup, but I don't want Toronto to win a cup. Now let's say Toronto wins a cup this year. Jumbo wins a cup. Fantastic, right? Yeah. Jumbo will probably retire. He goes into the Hall of Fame. Does he go into the Hall of Fame as a Leaf? Does he go as a Shark? Does he go as a Bruin? I, if he go, he goes in the Hall of Fame as a shark. I don't he know. Did all of his damage as a shark. He won a cup with the Leafs. Uh, what did Ray Bork? Did Ray Bork go in as a? It's a good question. I meant to look that up before I asked that question, and I didn't have time. So thank you for putting me on the spot. We're doing too much of that fantasy hockey stuff. So whatever. Ray Bork. I hate the Leafs, and I'm still crying myself to sleep about losing Jumbo. Yeah, you know, I think everybody didn't like losing Jumbo. It was a necessary thing. I get it. Um, but, man, I mean, there's something to be said for the leadership, you know. Not just he's old, so he's played hockey a long time. He's a good leader. Yay. No, I mean, I've gone to the rink and seen him around the guys, and um, 
they said it at the beginning of camp too. It's different. Hurdle said it. It's quiet. It's not so loud anymore. Um, you know, and he was the guy that kind of brought everybody up. If you read that article, I think it was on the athletic and, um, they were talking about all the different people that he kind of come across giving stories about jumbo and how, you know, whenever it was, the mood was down, he'd bring them right back up. He's got this infectious personality. He's always happy. He's just a kid. Um, you know, 41 year old kid is really what he is. So, um, he always brought the best out in people too. And, and you could see it even in the practices. Um, so I, I he's going to be missed by the fan base, um, certainly by the players. And I think even everybody that's, you know, in, in like the, the skate sharpeners, the equipment guys, the, you know, anybody and everybody that crossed paths with him is, is really going to miss that guy. Um, I wish him all the best in Toronto. Frankly, I wouldn't have a problem if Toronto won a cup, uh, if, if he was on it. I know you like just seeing that they they haven't won one. You just like that streak, but um, you know for 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 Jumbo, I mean anything for Jumbo, you know at this point. So um, I, I, again, I wish him all the best. Hey, who knows? Maybe Toronto doesn't do so well. They trade him to a contender, and then he wins with somebody else. Who cares? You know? Imagine that. It'd be great. Imagine the Sharks make playoffs and Toronto doesn't this year. <laughs> Not gonna happen. But it'd be it was fun. you, Jumbo. It was yeah. you all along. <laughs> Man, can you imagine if the Sharks won a cup this year and and the Toronto didn't? Oh, he'd be yeah. Uh, that would be so obviously that's not going to happen. But um, projection cup final projection yet? Uh, no, we don't. We don't care about that. So I don't care about that stuff. You always see that. That one on Facebook, it's like the big circle, and it's cut with all the different teams, and it's like percentage chance they'll make the playoffs, percentage chance they'll make win the first round, blah blah blah, whatever else. Who cares? Don't you know what we should we should do? I think I think producer Jason has this uh, has this graphic up is predictions on standings, like where the where every team's gonna fall. Yeah. There we go. So the number. Like if you look at the Sharks, it says 54.8. That's the amount of points that are predicted the Sharks will get. So from top to bottom, that's what they're predicting the division to end up. It's interesting that Arizona's at the bottom. Arizona was a decent playoff team, I thought, this last playoffs. Um, obviously, they don't have Taylor Hall anymore, so that's probably a big hit to them. But, um, I mean, if you look, 54.8, that's – if they have – Two more wins than losses than what this prediction thinks. They're ahead of the Ducks. Three more wins. They're right by Minnesota. Let's say three more wins for the Sharks and one more loss for Minnesota. Sharks are in. That's not that big of a difference. I mean, if you look at Arizona versus Minnesota, that's 10-point difference. That's five wins. That's a lot. Sharks are only three wins out. That's not very many. So I think if the Sharks get off to a hot start, and take some teams by surprise early and kind of sustain it. They don't have to, like, get better and better. They could just sustain an even keel, you know? I think uh, I think they can surprise some people and get into that fourth spot. I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. Sure. I think they could be better than Minnesota. They want to get to the playoffs, you know, anything could happen. I mean, the way that people were talking about the Sharks, do you think maybe they got confused because the Sharks are practicing in Arizona? <laughs> no, I think Arizona's just that bad. <laughs> they're just not. I don't know. They're just not good, man. 
Oh, okay. Let's take this comment. Denver Doyle. Prediction for Thursday's game. Aaron. Oh, against Arizona? Sharks are going to win. I was just Good talking smack about Arizona. <laughs> yeah. No, the, Arizona's a terrible team. The Sharks only get through. Yeah, they're probably going to lose against Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this week then. Because they're playing the Coyotes twice. They're playing on Thursday and then Saturday. Um, and yeah. they're at Coyotes, right? Yeah. I don't think they're not allowed to have any fans in yet, right? I don't think so. Are they probably a limited capacity? Are they? I don't know, but probably limited capacity. If they're going to allow the Sharks to practice there, and in Santa Clara, they're not even allowed to practice in their home ranks, um, then I would think that they're allowing some fans in. But I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, someone will probably comment in here. But um, um, I think the Sharks can take that first two games in Coyotes. That'd be awesome. I mean, that's basically their home right now, so it's like a home game. But anyway, well, I was going to say, if the fans are allowed in, I bet you there would be more Sharks fans than Coyotes fans. There's a good number of Sharks fans that have moved, or usually they're at school in Arizona. But huh. Thank you for saying that, because there were some folks in the Sharks Facebook group who actually said, I have tickets for the first game in Arizona. So, yes, they will have some fans. Uh, it will be a limited capacity, uh, I believe. 3,500. What's that? Arizona, Arizona requests to have limited capacity of 25%. Um, 3,500 fans. Resell tickets for Arizona games are like $880 a ticket. Whew. Wow. I mean, if you really want to go see hockey, yeah. it's a way to do it. So that makes sense. I'm sure Coyotes fans, Coyotes season ticket holders, all two of them are going, yes, finally, <laughs> it's paying off. All two of them. That's rude, man. That is rude. We're not talking about the Florida Panthers here. It's pretty close. <laughs> the more you know. Nah, I did it the wrong way again. Nah, there it goes. Um, there was another question in here. Sorry. Um, will you guys be going live post game the first game of the year from Bone Castro? We kind of talked about it. I almost think we should do a show after every series because they play every team twice. So maybe we do a live after the second game of the series. That's kind of what we're thinking, uh, Mr. Castro. I, I'm not going to call you Bone. Um, it's, it's uh, that's what we're thinking is doing. Yeah, it's roughly. Uh, I don't know, if, like a live or a recorded show, Aaron. I'm not sure which way you were thinking, but um, probably after every because every single game that they play, they follow up the next game against the same team. So it's always two two games right. um, in, in a row for for each team. So we were thinking maybe kind of just talking about the series of games uh, instead of going on like a one-week basis, which would mean that our cadence gets increased. You know, we're doing shows more often, uh, which I'm sure is, you know, good for you guys and everything too. So um, yeah, but if we can swing it, maybe we'll do that, but we might just kind of stick to the once-a-week thing. We're not really sure yet, so don't hold us to it, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Right now, we are thinking um, basically after every two games, we'll do something. Putting our producer on on hold right now. <laughs> uh, if we did if we did after every series, like I would think we would go live the the second game after the second game, we'd go live that night, not necessarily right after the game. Right. Because some of these games are like, like the Coyotes game is one o'clock on Saturday, and we got kids, we gotta get them down to sleep. <laughs> yes, we do have kids. Uh, okay, wait, who is your, who is on your twenty twenty one fantasy team? Uh, CJ Bautista Mendoza would like to know. 
Well, which team? Because I have three. What? I have my normal big money league. Okay. Which we just had our draft on Saturday. I have um, two Fin Factor leagues, which I wish I pared down to one, which was silly. I should have. So um, I have a lot of players on my team. A lot of crossover players. I'm not going to get into my team, though, because nobody wants to hear about your fancy team. Everyone only cares about their own fancy team. Aaron, three cars and three fantasy teams. True. <laughs> Thank you, Super Producer Jason. All it's right. True. Well, um, gosh, Aaron, I, I mean, unless you think there's something else in the chat you kind of want to hone in on, I think we're kinda... um, Nicholas Egan just said, what do you hope to hear about the meeting between the Sharks and the county tomorrow, if anything? I'm hoping they allow them to practice at least and maybe play games here. I think they can get an exemption to play games. Maybe, well, I don't know. At least practice. At least practice here. I mean, at the same time, I don't really mind them being in Arizona because it's not like we can go watch them anyway. Right? That's true. Yeah. It's like, we're, not not, going. we're not missing out on anything. Um, so if they practice in Arizona, that's going to be less travel, less miles for them to travel as a team. So it's almost better for them to stay there. I mean, it sucks. Their families aren't – I don't know if their families are allowed to go. I don't know what the rules are. I'm sure they're allowed to go visit them. They're not in the bubble or anything, but – um, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm hoping they're allowed to practice. How about that? If anything, or at least have a timeline of when they'll open it up for them. I mean, we don't even know if, if they're going to be allowed to play. If they're not allowed to play at SAP center, then what's the point of practicing in San Jose, right? The only reason that they, we want them back here is to play games, um, on their ice, which is brand new. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. But at the same time, the Sharks haven't even played on it, right? Yeah. So they don't even know how the boards are going to bounce or how the ice will be different or if it is different. Here's a good question for you. So the AHL season is supposed to start in February. Are they going to allow the Barracuda to play in the new arena? Or are they going to allow the, the Barracuda to play at SAP? It's probably on hold until they until it gets closer to the beginning of February. I don't know where they're going to practice. Yeah. If they can't, if, I'm assuming they can't practice there either. They might be in Arizona as well for now. But they're supposed to start up soon, I think. Yeah, you would think if they allow one team, they would allow both. So who knows? Yeah, Nicholas League, and I feel bad for the guys to be on the road for the whole season. I don't think it's not going to last the whole season, but yeah, that's rough. It's rough to live out of a suitcase for that long. Think about that. Like, you got to pack up a lot of stuff. And then you don't see your families. You don't get to take your kids to school on your off days. That's that takes a toll on the on those guys. Yeah, well, on the guys, but also on their families. Right. Not not seeing dad or the you know the husband or whoever um, for for that long for that period of time. Um, it, it sucks. I'm sure. Uh, what I'm curious to see this season is what happens if and when because I think it's a matter of when there's a major exposure like the Dallas Stars got where a bunch of guys got COVID and they had to just postpone or can't not cancel the games if they postpone them. Like they're not starting for another week. I think they're not starting this week. They're not playing this week, which is going to be brutal because that's, they can't even practice together right now. They're probably going to be off to a slow start. Uh, Nicholas Egan also said the Barracuda are in Arizona already for their camp. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause you can't do it here in San Jose. Uh, Brian, what are your predictions for the first six games? I'm going to tell you my predictions for every game. Sharks win. <laughs> Sharks win, baby. 
Oh, uh, they're playing. They're playing Arizona. Then they play the Blues. That's going to be rough. Then they play the Wild. Then they play the Avalanche. Those are the series coming up. Two games apiece. So yeah, I mean, play, I, I, it's a good bet you're going to see a 500 split uh, in there. Wins and losses. Uh, I mean, on the Wild, I'm hoping they can beat the Wild. No, I meant over the course of games that you just talked about. Those first yeah. eight is what you just said. Um, I think the Blues and the Avalanche are going to smoke them. I think. Uh, I think the Wild and the Coyotes would be more, more, in the Sharks' favor. Maybe not favor, but more even, more evenly split. Okay, but it's hockey, man. There's teams that are on a 12 game losing streak, and they beat the bejesus out of a top team. Like anything can happen. And we will find out the answers to all those questions as time goes on. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this season to start. I know we're just days away. It's felt like it's been multiple years, not just a year, because it's been about a year. Um, I'm just I'm I'm starving for some actual hockey. I mean, if I can get my my kids back in roller right now, if they were doing league and whatever, I'm I'm starving for that. Like I don't care. I just I need to watch some hockey. So. Um, I don't have the NHL package. Otherwise, I would have watched the World Juniors, uh, which was, uh, you know, go USA. Did an awesome job. 2 nothing win over Team Canada. So, take home the gold. Good job, boys. Um, so, dying for some hockey, man. I cannot wait. I know you are, too. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited for yes. my fantasy teams. All three of them. <laughs> Didn't even get to plug it today. See? So, uh, don't forget, head over to thefinfactor.com. Pick up some shirts. Pick up a hat, pick up some stickers. We got all that stuff for you guys. So uh, if you haven't purchased anything yet and you do want to support the show, that is a great way to do it. We had some Super Chat money tonight. Thank you so much for that. We do appreciate it. Uh, everything you uh, get us gives goes right back into the show. So uh, it's, it's super helpful, and uh, we do appreciate it greatly. Thank you guys so much for that. So, again, head on over to thefinfactor.com and uh, help support the show. Thank you guys so much. Aaron, any final thoughts here? Nope, I'm just excited for some hockey and some Sharks hockey starting this week. I can't wait. I just got uh, cable again because I just canceled it. There was nothing to watch. So I just I started it up on uh, Saturday. Nice. Yep. All right. Well, that does it for episode number 97. Thanks, guys. We do appreciate you putting all the comments in there. Things for us to talk about during the show. Uh, it kind of gives us a clue as to what you guys are interested in, not just what we want to talk about. So uh, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. We will see you next week. Next well, week, I guess. Whatever. After the next two games. Something like that. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.